side, Marner. Marner with a shot high and wide. Rebound to Matthews on the far boards. He gets it back to Riley. Riley to Nylander, and he fired it high and wide. Matthews trying to corral it to keep it in. Just in. Top of the circle. Scores! Austin Matthews, number 60. Leafs Nation postgame here. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. Gordo, oh, what a night. Austin Matthews hit 60. The Leafs lock up home ice advantage in the first round. What's not to like about the Leafs' 81st game of the season? Well, it goes with what you talked about, Austin Matthews getting 60. I think, you know, 13 games tonight, Brent, in the NHL, there's a few that are really compelling standings-wise. But when you're home and cooled out, it's hard to get compelling. But from puck drop... There's a, there was this antsiness, wasn't there, Brent, about Austin Matthews? The sure thing of getting 60 uh, wasn't a sure thing. And early on, I mean, they were feeding him like unbelievable. It was almost getting a little absurd, but you certainly understood it that they were in uh, they were in with the crowd. That you know, getting 60 is very important. And wouldn't you know? And I loved it because you know what? I got annoyed when Tavares scored to make it two nothing. I'm saying I hope they still pull the goaltender so Austin Matthews <laughs> can get an empty netter. Like that's, that's absurd. That's ridiculous for me to be saying that. But that's how I truly felt. Instead, he comes up one of those great pickpocket goals that he wires that classic Austin Matthews shot. Just, just perfect. And yeah, you know what? There was a there was a little bit of consternation from outside of this market. Let's be honest about. Oh yeah, but he got it on an empty netter. I don't care what it is. You get fifty on an empty netter, it's special. But I got to be honest, I am thrilled that both of those were were full mark Austin Matthews goals that you're used to seeing. And yeah, the fact that he gets it done with that wrister that we're so used to just being I don't know potentially the biggest weapon in the NHL right now. You know, it's funny the Leafs had a lot of boxes that they needed to check in this game. Austin Matthews 60 and home ice advantage were far and away the two biggest ones and I think it's just really nice for the team to be able to do whatever they feel they need to do on Friday in Boston. If you need to dress your regular lineup so that you are ready to rock and you and the Bruins uh, and it's an iron sharpens iron type of last game of the regular season, if that's what Sheldon Keefe and the coaching staff and the players feel they need, great, go out and do that. But if you feel like you need to take the night off, take it a little easier, rest some guys heading into the playoffs, you now have the option to do that. So it was just so important to kind of take care of business on both of those fronts tonight for me. Well, it was, it was. And again, they're not, you know, they only play one game. And if they start Monday, it's only their only game in six days. Anyway, it's no biggie either way. But um, you mentioned the team, the team goal. And that's about getting home ice advantage, which they have not had, you know, in the modern day post 2005 uh, with fans there, you know, with like last year they had it against Montreal, but there were no fans there. And and tonight, I think, you know, we've talked about being down there and loving the vibe, but even more so with Matthew's record and the crowd really, the crowd's kind of learning about how they can be a crowd, how, how they can be more of a crowd that can make a difference, how they can be more like a Toronto Raptors crowd. And I, so I think tonight's game was good for that. And I, I really, you know, look, look and hope for it to rock in the playoffs. 
Yeah, and I mean, most times you're you're sitting there and it's a it's a three nothing win over a Wings team, and okay, they locked up home ice, and okay, Matthews, you know, hit his benchmark. I don't think a soul left that left that building tonight. It was absolutely rocking. I'm watching watching the three stars here uh, as as they show it on Sportsnet, and you know, it's just it's it's one of those those moments where I think we all need to really truly appreciate how special this guy is. And yeah, we did it at 50, but. Gord, I mean, he, I, you know, I saw it was our, it was our colleague JD Bunkus. You know, I'm sure other people have made the point. He was the first guy I saw make it. Matthews might not be the greatest Leaf ever. There's a world, and I know the Montreal Canadiens. I know there's a world where this is the greatest player to ever play for an original six franchise. Like, it, it's almost just being the best Leaf isn't enough praise for for this guy. And I know he has to do it in the playoffs, and I know longevity matters and all of that stuff, but. The peak of his powers right now. He's the first guy in a decade to, to score 60. And the NHL was a little different uh, than when Steven Stamkos was doing it. So it's just, it's, I, I, I just, I don't feel like we can, we can go overboard in the praise for this guy tonight. I'm not calling him Gretzky, but I don't know how much short of that I'm willing to stop after what I've seen this season. Well, Gretzky played for the New York Rangers, so I guess, Brent, that puts him with the original six team, right? So that that kind of, you know, we get, we get. I don't mind J.D. Bunkus or others getting heavy. I love it. Why not? Why not? Go big. Go big. And and uh, the neat part is Kawhi Leonard had that kind of magical time with the Toronto Raptors, and it was only one season, right? So this guy was drafted by the Maple Leafs, played all his seasons, and hopefully a lot more to come and hopefully some playoff success that then, and then, I think you can start looking at that, the Bobby Orr's of the world and others, the Gordy House and others like that, maybe a little closely, but I do not want, hey, let's, let's stop being modest, let, modest, let's be boastful, let's, let's make some heady comments, let's get it out there, why not? Yeah, let's let's do it. And and again, it's all going to come down to, hey, can you be the greatest ever without doing it when it matters? No, I know that. We know that. You know who else knows that? The guy who just scored 60 tonight, Austin Matthews. He knows his legacy in this league. Yes, yeah, 60 is great. And hey, go score 500 goals in your career or 700 goals or whatever number you want to set for yourself. But it's not going to matter a lick if you if you don't get it done in, in a week's time when the playoffs get going. Um, I could sit here and talk about Matthews all night, but despite the weird game against the Detroit. I thought there were some pretty other or some other pretty important things that happened. Chief among them, Jack Campbell with the shutout. Okay, it's 20 saves. Okay, it's Detroit. This isn't a guy, you know, absolutely standing on his head left, right, and center. But I think it's really important for him to have this game this week. And again, just to go back to how I started, this allows Sheldon Keefe to say, okay, it wasn't a stumble game for Campbell where we have to give him another chance to get right. Whatever they feel is the best course of action. You now don't have to play Jack Campbell on Friday if you want, to, or if you don't want to. If you do, you you can because of the light week. But I, I thought Campbell was great tonight, and you know potentially heading into the playoffs now off a shutout. What what better omen could you have than that? No, I agree. I agree. That was something. It's been a few games now, and he's really passed the litmus test. All of them coming back from injury. But you know, my first was who wouldn't bet the over tonight. Man, oh man, like who would not bet the over like in a Detroit-Toronto game, you know, given the last game that what had 17 goals that was so wild and crazy. But uh, you're right about Campbell. And how about the other side? And, and Craig Simpson commented on it. Like, Nadelkovich knew, you don't want to be on that highlight reel. You know, you don't want to hit. He is, and and that's a that's just a great goal. Like he probably would have preferred the empty net that he's on the bench and they score it in that regard. But <laughs> but you can tell Nadelkovich who didn't play too badly either. You don't want to be in the highlight reel of Matthew's 60th. But Jack Campbell, we're we're you know we're not going in the playoffs talking about 
his indifferent play of late, and oh my goodness, can he turn it around? It's just, you know, our hope is, can he sustain it? Yeah, and that's it. Can he can he keep his confidence up? Can he keep playing this way? And, you know, what does potentially a weak layoff heading into the playoffs do? Hopefully it, it has a guy feeling great. And again, there is the very, very real possibility that he plays Friday when the Leafs wrap up their regular season at home against Boston. But because of what happened tonight, they don't need to get anything other than that game other than to get out of it uh, uh, healthy. Uh, some, other, some other important Leafs tonight, I felt, uh, Jake Muzzin. You know, this has been a guy who's been such a stalwart for this team, you know, before or Mark Giordano, he was the last great blue line trade, not acquisition, because TJ Brody, a great piece of business in free agency. But, you know, this guy has been so important to this team. He's been the only guy like him for so long. And again, you, I don't think you can read too much into one game, but this is, you know, as good a version of Jake Muzzin as I feel like we've seen this year. And it's not an accident to me that he's paired up with maybe the most steady D outside of Giordano in, in TJ Brody tonight. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, it really is tough to get a full read a game like this again you know because you saw Sam Gagne taking exception to Mikheyev which <laughs> you would do normally but he's also saying I don't want to get hurt yeah like you know your your, your hit could have injured me and especially now like uh we think of we think of boy Connor McDavid with that hit from Giordano in a meaningless mm-hmm. game in game number 82 a little while ago so so there was you know there was uh, uh that 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 part as well about just about the Red Wings but I um I'll take the positives I'll take the bad positives but you do have to remember the context yeah, no, absolutely, and that's why he is a guy who I think will probably be one of the few really looking to get something out of that Boston game. You know, again, the Bruins, who knows what that game will potentially mean to them, almost certainly, you know, nothing in terms of playoff positioning, but if they're going to dress their regular lineup and play it like a regular game, I think Muzzin is one of the few guys who who is looking at that as a, a true tune-up because he's just had the one after missing all that time, after missing all the time with the concussions, and it was a, another injury that kept them out you know in in terms of the blue line I think it's a great problem to have that you have so many pieces and you can talk yourself into them all fitting together in a million different ways I do wonder if the six guys you saw tonight are going to be the six guys you see when the playoffs get going Riley Labushkin that pair has been pretty much you know set since Labushkin came here Giordano and Lilligren I've really liked what you've got out of them and then you have Muzzin and Brody and if Jake Muzzin and again I don't want to get ahead of myself but if Jake Muzzin can be the Jake Muzzin from last year, not the guy we've seen all season long. All of a sudden, that's uh, that's an incredible pair to have uh, with him alongside Brody. And then I guess that bumps Giordano and Lilligren down to your third pair. I think that's how how I would set it up. Uh, w- what do you think? I agree. Agree. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit more when you're watching the game that they can pick things up on video afterwards more for the defense than you can for the forwards. You know, that, that, that's a, that sort of is a little bit clearer when we're watching the game and, you know, just watching it from entertainment value and then trying to break down certain things. But uh, I just think the point is we're actually talking about having depth, you know, decisions to make where a couple of years ago, Jake Muzzin got hurt against Columbus and it was, oh my God, how do you overcome Jake Muzzin's injury? That's not a slight against Jake Muzzin, but you know, depth wise, you, you have to, you should have pieces to, to overcome that kind of absence from the lineup. And this year they certainly do. Yeah, and the good news about that, well, I mean, I don't know how good a news it is if we have to get to this place, but 
you're going to need bodies if you want to go on a long playoff run. And the fact that Rasmus Sandin, and I know he hasn't got back in a game yet, so I shouldn't be, you know, penciling him in as, as available. But if it's a long playoff run, I think you'd have Rasmus Sandin available. And then Justin Hall's been a guy who's been a regular for this team all season long. And I didn't include him in my in my top six there. So a lot of options for Keith. If the series isn't going the way you want, uh, you can mix and match. You can change things up there. And then if, uh, unfortunately, injuries rear their ugly head, uh, you're, you're, you're covered off pretty well I think a lot of teams would love to have guys like Justin Hall and Rasmus Sandin uh, waiting in the wings as their their seventh and, and eighth D uh, we did get some good news about Michael Bunting today uh, he was skating obviously that's a that's a great sight I mean really just for my own uh, mental health personally but <laughs> you know in terms of Leaf Nation this is a guy who's been such a key cog on that top line and you know still uncertainty as to when he'll be back but given the way it sounded like at first uh, it definitely seems like it'll be a, a less serious injury and there's a possible Possibilities there when the playoffs get going and you know I think that's that's a big that's a big help to the Leafs because they have a ton of great options and that line rolls because of Marner and Matthews but I don't know that they have that third guy who fits well with them outside of William Nylander and I don't know that you want to have to load up that top line all the time so the fact that bunting is uh seeming to be on the men that should bode really well for this team yeah, on the NHL side, the Washington Capitals listed Alexander Ovechkin got hurt in the Leaf game. Now, day-to-day and maybe, maybe won't be ready to start the playoffs. Like, he really did take, you know, a stinger or something worse on his shoulder when he hit the boards. But, Michael Bunting, you're, you know, you're you're absolutely right. It's like you, you needed somebody where Zach Hyman was gone at Zach Hyman money. It's even less than Zach Hyman money form. And I'm not, I'm not saying that derisively about him. I just no. mean that's the realities of the cap world and... I, I, you know, Nick Ritchie, I'm happy he's doing well in Arizona. Um, that's a different animal. There's no expectations team-wise, so he's doing well as an individual. But what a weird, man, I've never seen something. The other one's David Clarkson, and that was a way bigger commitment to David Clarkson than they had to Nick Ritchie. But just someone that had a good NHL pedigree just not get going here. So the upside is not crying over spilt milk because Nick Ritchie's gone and Michael Bunting more, more than got going. Yeah, he, he, he did, and, you know, not crying over that Nick Ritchie trade at all. I know you included a draft pick in the mix there, but Ilya Labushkin's proved to be uh, an important player and one you, you like to have in the mix. Uh, you know, a guy who can be a partner for Riley, obviously that's that's oh so important. Uh, a guy who got in the lineup uh, tonight, we think back to that Columbus bubble series, and he was one of those guys who popped. Not not on the score sheet. I think he got one there, but, you know, Nick Robertson. This has been a guy who he's been tearing it up at the American League level. He's had such a tough go of it with injuries uh, again I don't think this is a player they hope factors in this year if you need to rely on on Nick Robertson this year it's kind of proof that you've had a lot of injuries I think but the fact that they're getting him in games and just kind of keeping him around the team you know I do I think he's the 13th forward I don't know about that but having him as your 14th and 15th it kind of goes back to what I said about the D that that's that's not a terrible option to have there especially if he's someone that you're I, I imagine they'll play him again on on Friday potentially well, Daryl Sutter in Calgary constantly says, you know, because he's not impressed by his team's individual statistics, he keeps reminding them how difficult goals are to get in the playoffs. And that's where, you know, Nick Robertson has a different um, different point or a different skill set than some of the others on the Leafs. I mean, last year we witnessed it firsthand that Cole Caulfield was a healthy scratch, and then all of a sudden they brought one or two of them out of that press box, and they got goals when you least expect it. So I, I think, again... 
Like, I like it that Sheldon Keefe's kind of saying, look, I, I, I want to get my arsenal all together. I want to have different different kind of weapons, different kind of bullets, different kind of tactics to use. Uh, I, I don't want him, you know, Brent to go overboard and be overreactive at all. But I just think last year, I think they were underreactive. Yeah, and that that's exactly it. I think that, and I think the other part of this too is, hopefully I should knock on, there's a bunch of trees near my backyard. I should go knock on them all, knock on all the wood possible. You should have John Tavares in the fold. I mean, when you go down to effectively only one top six center that you trust in, in Austin Matthews, and I know Kerfoot played there at times and he was actually pretty effective, but it's just when you lost that second center, it kind of completely nuked your ability to mix and match the lines. You were kind of beholden to what you had to do. And when it wasn't working, you know, Keefe was just kind of, he was almost checkmated there by, by the pieces he had left. And hopefully that won't be the case this year. Now, look, He's gone through it. He's been through the ringer. If he has presented that same challenge again, I, I would hope he'd have some better answers this time, and I imagine he would. But that's the thing that just it, it, you hope is just going to feel so different that, yes, with, with John Tavares in the fold, it just allows you to mix and match and change things so much more effectively. And, you know, let's, let's talk about Tavares for a sec. Uh, real, real slick goal. Like you mentioned, I was a little upset when he got it because, come on, get Matthews' chance for his empty netter here. But, uh, you know, as slick a goal as it was from JT, and they did a great job on the, on the broadcast highlighting the, the way he plays now, you know, not using using his smarts to get around, just kind of waiting in the weeds there. And Nylander, just incredible vision to find him on that. It doesn't always work for those two together. I don't know that they have that kind of natural chemistry that you love to see between guys in your top six. But, man, you see a play like that and you go, well, certainly they can work together at least a little bit. Yeah, another, you know, we talk about Austin Matthews' 60th, how nice a goal it was, but this was a nice goal, real nice goal. And, uh, you know, John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, if they're playing Tampa Bay or Boston, those teams have players that got pet, playoff pedigree, playoff success, have won championships. And I'm looking this year, there's so many new kids on the block. Johnny Goodrow's never had playoff success in Calgary. You know, Chris Kreider emerging with the New York Rangers. Roman Yossi, can he be dominant if Dallas is to get in the playoffs? And, you know, on and on and on. There's uh, Kirill Kaprizov. He's, he's, a, he's a newbie at it, but can, can he kick ass? Some of the Colorado Avalanche, you know, have to step up and get to a different level. And that's what I really look forward to. There's a, you know, there's a challenge out there for a lot of players and a lot of players on the Leafs and Tavares, it was with the New York Islanders. They did not make, he was the best player on a team that didn't make the playoffs for so many years. And, you know, just, just go out and have with the passing of Guy Lafleur, you know, Brent, you start mm -hmm. looking at those teams and, you know, you look at Steve Shutt or Jacques Lemaire and you look at their playoff stats to boot, not just Guy Lafleur's. And that's what you got to hopefully start seeing from, those other those other players, but also the Toronto players, to get to the next level, you got to do it in the playoffs. No, com completely. And just just to get back to Tavares for a second, he gets his twenty seventh of the season, and it is funny. Look, you know, you pay a guy eleven million bucks. I I assume you know you'd like a little more than a point per game here. But it is funny. All the conversations we had about has he lost it? Does he still have it? And he is going to finish with nearly thirty goals and basically a point per game uh, this season. Obviously, uh, he has still one more chance uh, potentially, uh, depending what happens on Friday. Uh, you were talking there about uh, last thing I want to get to tonight uh, bef before we wrap up here. You were talking about all those other teams and all the players who haven't done it before. And this Leafs group, of course, has a ton of those guys. And I feel like we're starting to see that playoff mentality some come out of some of the guys I would, quite frankly, least expect it from. Ilya Mikheyev, I don't know that I would have described him as fiery. 
before the last two weeks. But it feels like he's in a scrum every other night now. He was in another one tonight. He dropped the mitts the other night. I, I don't want to make too, too much out of it. But for a player who did not know what the playoffs meant, did not know what it's like, and now he's been through that grind or at least was around it when the team was going through it, I love what I'm seeing out of Mikheyev kind of heading into the playoffs. He's not going to be your game breaker. He's not going to be the reason the Leafs win a series. But we talk so much about that Tampa bottom six or that that amazing third line. And, you know, I, I don't know that I don't know that Mikheyev is the Coleman or the Goudreau, but but I feel like he's going to be or, or Goudreau, but he's going to be uh, the Leafs kind of version of it, him and Engvall. Well, you mentioned Engvall, and I, I saw a great defensive play by Engvall, a great rush by Engvall as well. You know, just those things I really notice. And then, you know, you bring up, and, and then as well, bring it up Mikheyev and just bring in the scoring to another level. And and this is something they, I, I'm i trying to go back to those Boston series, but I don't believe they had it to the same degree like mm-hmm. they've had it here. So again, not just the big names, but those names who've really really brought their game to a higher NHL level, like really established themselves as uh, uh, NHL regulars. Uh, Let's do it in the playoffs. Yes, let's. And here, Gord, here's potentially the best news of the year. One regular season game left. We have almost got to game 83. We never thought we would... We never thought oh. we would see those games against the Panthers. We never did, and we finally got there, and it never felt like Game 83 was going to get here at times this season because it was all we looked at, but Game 82 is next up. The Leafs have one more left in the regular season. That is Friday at home against the Bruins to wrap things up. Uh, Gordo, anything else from you before we say goodbye tonight? Well, you mentioned how long a season it's been. I, I, I hope the playoff is that long. I hope because you just savor <laughs> yes. it. When you look back, those things tend to go by quickly. But we just remember great, great, great fun runs. And it's the Leafs' turn. They're up to bat, so to speak. Wrong sport. And, man, uh, we'll talk Friday, regular season. But I, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic. Anyway, let's hope that's the case. Yes, let's hope. And you you will coax me towards optimism by the time the playoffs roll around. I have faith in you, Gordo. Uh, so much fun tonight. Austin Matthews, 60 goals on the season. First guy to do it in a decade. Last guy was Steven Stamkos. And those two teams are almost certainly going to play each other in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, what fun it's going to be. Uh, at least something like that. Uh, Brent Gutting, Gord Stellick here, wrapping up what was a 3-0 shutout win at home for the Leafs. Austin Matthews with goals 59-60. and 60. Jack Campbell stopping all 20 shots he faced in the win. For Gord Stellick, I'm Brent Gunning. Thanks so much for listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5.9 The Fan.